How are you all? It's been a, a while between podcasts, but what better time than Olympics to get us going again? And for this one, I've gone right to the top of the list to eight-time Olympian Andrew Hoy. We had a fabulous catch-up over Zoom. How good's technology? It was a really fun interview, and here's your chance to get to know one of those rarefied individuals who is just uber successful, one of the elite. In this little chat, we learn about the influence of Andrew's parents when he was young, the importance of having great people around you, making mistakes, the important parts of the learning process, the undeniable importance of passion. That was a really big message from Andrew. Learning from losing and learning to focus, making things work and being solution-based. We find out how Andrew is living his last week before training camp and quarantine and heading off to Tokyo. We also debrief Le Moulin, the fabulous ride he had there and um, what a great way to uh, prepare for Tokyo. And we talk about the phenomenon that is Vasily de Lassos and his brilliant owners and what Andrew looks for in a horse. And his takeaway, controlling what you can control and not worrying about the rest. So eighth Olympics. So you did your first one when you were like six years old or something? <laughs> I, wish, I wish that was correct. I was, um, well, I first rode world championships at the age of, 18 so is that with Davey yeah with Davey yeah I always remember and it was out near Dural or Kenta somewhere and there was some little expo and I don't know what it was but I remember going there and like you were the big like Andrew Hoy and Davey and I don't know if it was after that but it was just such a big deal and it must have been like around that time I think I think back to those days and all of those days, like, they've been unbelievably special. And the thing is, I've got to talk with people who are my own age so that <laughs> it's, it's all recalled. And, um, yeah, you can't get away from it. About, they, they have to, they, they remind me of things because we, we just forget. And it's, yeah. it's um, um, uh, Ian Chesterman called me the other day and I, I missed I missed his call and he left a voicemail message and he said, oh, Andrew, I just wanted to say well done and congratulations. And and the thing is, I met Ian in 1992 after Barcelona, after we won gold and he had a sports management company then. Oh. And I was looking at him doing my sports managing and, and like, it's just extraordinary how Crazy. it's changed like that. Crazy. And now here's, here is the chef the mission, so... It's crazy, crazy ride. But the thing yeah. is, like, the the nuts thing about the whole thing really is that you've you've been at the top of your game the whole time. It's not like really you haven't had any too many like dips and back up. You're like been up there, really, haven't you? I, I just I don't know how how I, like you're you're a strange person, Andrew. No, <laughs> in the best possible way. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember my accountant um, in Australia told me. He said, "You're you're not normal." And I said, "What do you mean? I'm not normal." Like I was totally offended by this. And I said, "Look, if you look at me, like I'm I'm just normal." Yeah. He said, "Do you start work at nine o'clock in the morning and finishing at nine at five o'clock in the afternoon?" I said, "No." And he said, "Therefore, you're not normal." And I think this is 
this is something that I've only just started to to realize as to how I've been able to be um, if I'm not in a world championship team or an Olympic team, I've been right on the edges of, of being in the team. And if you ask me my opinion, there's many times that there's two Olympics that I didn't get to and that I should have been at, but it's, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think my, I can remember my dad saying to me when I was really young, he said, if you want to be good, make sure you place good people around you. And he was involved in, in motor racing when he was Ooh. a young guy and was also grew up as an engineer and left the city to go to the country and, and do farming because he just so much enjoyed it. And my mum was also, I've only just found out like last year, she was head of the, the sports team when she was at school mm. as well. And um, I think that both of my parents were very, um, uh, very much aware of what you need to do to be successful. Not that they could help me all the time, but they just guided me. And it's the guidance that you get from having good people around you that is the thing that is is really important. And, and now with my wife, Stephanie, she's equally as driven. Like she has her own business and she, she does all the communications for my business and she calls it her hobby. Well, like her hobby takes her until two or three o'clock in the morning um, working at times. And so well, I got it got three days a week. Well, I got an email from her like, it, yeah, it would have been like midnight your time or something. I was like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's, it's just so important that the people around you have the same drive and passion. And it, it comes back to a passion because yeah. if, if you look at the, the wealth that um, I would say Olympic sports people make, it's, it's, yeah. I'm one of the very fortunate ones that have turned, that can say that my sport is also my business. Mm. Um, and it, it has to be for me to be able to, to fund it. But there are many athletes that, that cannot turn their sport into a, a business and, and live from it. Um, and therefore, but they still have the same passion, but they have to work elsewhere. And that's what I did for many years until I was 34. I didn't, mm. Um, mm. the sport was my hobby. Yeah, it's crazy. But having those people with you, it's, um, do you think if you didn't, you'd still be doing it? Like, would, do you think those people are kind of drawn to you? Like, you kind of draw those people to you in a way. When you're that passionate about what you do and that good at what you do, there's probably a bit of, you know, you're a bit of a magnet for that sort of person too. Yeah, but it's, but any athlete or any business person, they always, they have high moments and then they have low moments. Yeah. And um, I've definitely had the low moments, but the, the people that you have around you, um, they also help to guide you through those low moments. Yeah. And, okay. and it's, it's not about, um, I, I say to many people that I, I also help, I say, don't worry about making the mistake. The mistake is not the crime. 
not learning from the mistake mm. is the crime. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and they're, they're, we, we all make mistakes, but you have to learn from it. And um, also I talk with um, people and I say, look, in my opinion, there's three things to the learning process. First, you have to hear. Mm. Second, you have to process in your brain what, you, what you've heard. And you have to put that processing, if, it's, if you're talking about riding a horse or any sport, you have to process that, that into a feeling. Okay, and yeah. That's part of the processing. And yeah. then there's the activation. And I said, you then have to activate it. And I said, you invariably need someone on the ground to view the activation to make sure it's happening correctly. Because often what we what we do think, yeah. isn't necessarily what what happens. Yeah, yeah. And who's helping you at the moment with that? Uh, who's helping me? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's probably a number, have, but, you know. <laughs> I, have, I have three coaches. Yeah. I have a dressage coach. He's um, a dressage coach, a cross-country coach, and a jumping coach. Right. And the combined age of all of <laughs> the four of us, if I did the combined age, all right, well, we can work it out. One is 65. Yeah. And that's my dressage coach. He's Dorf Keller. And, like, he's ridden at Grand Prix level. He's also ridden show jumpers at Grand Prix level. Um very successful coach and I've worked with him for, for many years. He's 65. Yeah. The other, the jumping coach is a man called Nelson Pessoa. Oh yeah, he's not he young. He's <laughs> 85. Is he 85 now? He's 85. Yeah. And then there's Mark Phillips who's been one of the great coaches and one of the great athletes in the sport. He's 72. And then me at 62. Like, I'm I amazing. love it. I love it. But, th- but isn't that yeah. great? Like, isn't that great that it's not just about the 20-year-olds anymore as well? I love yeah. that. Yeah. And it's. I think it's, it's – and you know what? They're all passionate. Yeah. They're all passionate about um, the horse. They're passionate about what I'm doing. They, they call me and say, oh, how was the horse yesterday for the dressage ship? Like the jumping coach, he said, I, I want to see I want to see the dressage test. Oh. I want to see what it looks like. Right, that's so. Okay. And then the other day I was in Belgium training with him for 10 days and he was there whenever the dressage coach was there. He said, I want to hear what he's saying. I want to see it. And, and Nelson's 85 years of age. But he, there's, there's passion. You cannot buy passion. Yeah. Yeah. That's – what – how does it sustain? Like, okay, you've got the people around you, but you've been doing it a long time. And for them, like for Nelson as well, what do, is it just that pure love of, of the sport and what it is? It's just so – that's the motivator. That's the thing that carries you all. Yeah. Look, I, I think there's a few factors. Number one, they're, they're passionate about what they do. Yeah. They're also passionate about helping people who are passionate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you you have to help people. Like th- these people that have been successful, if they have the opportunity of working with someone who's mm. equally as passionate as they are, 
then that drives them even more. Yeah. It's like a fire, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah someone. Absolutely. absolutely. And if I wasn't passionate, if they I wouldn't. didn't try to do what they suggested and try to implement their, their suggestions, they wouldn't be passionate with yeah. me. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's great. So, yeah, you kind of carry each other in a way. But um, yeah. I still think having, you know, not having been there but having watched a lot of it, I still think there's something different between those who are even on an Olympic team to those who make the podium. Like between those who make the team, there's normal people, then there's those who make the team, and then uh, there is a difference. You're not just lucky. Like what do you... Yeah. What's that factor, do you think? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, there's, I, I always say I'm not a good loser. It's just that I've learned how to lose. So okay. and when I say that, if I don't win a competition, yeah. I, look, I always look at myself first. Right. And I always think, what can I do better? Yeah. Because it's the the one thing that, especially in my sport, the people that are normally ending up on the podium, they just have an unbelievable support team. Now, in in many cases, that support team is so so much involves the family, yeah, and the family just live yeah. every moment. And it's all of those little things. Because the other the other evening, like Stephanie, my wife, she's in she's in Germany at the moment. She's doing work with her own business, and and I was talking to her about something that could happen um, after the game as to location, whether we stay in England, whether we move because of Brexit and the difficulties oh, yeah. involved, and and things like that. And she said, Andrew, when you think of that, she said, just put a big stop sign up. She said, we have bigger fish to catch before we even think about that. And we're going to have so much time to think about that. And But because I'm here in the business every day and working away and thinking of these things, yeah. it starts to, to go through yeah. my mind. And then she, she said, just put a stop sign up. Don't even think about that. Don't go there. And, yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah. You've got to clear your brain. And and what have I done with the Olympics I've gone to? I've always given my mobile phone to Stephanie. Yeah. And I've said, okay, you answer all telephone calls, respond to all text messages, do all of that. I want to take a pay-as-you-go phone. I put about five numbers in it of people that I need to speak to, and then my brain is just directly... Too. And this is something that I really see that um, he, when I when I was getting on the bus in in London to go to the venue, everyone pulls their phone out and they either start looking at emails, they start reading social media, they start doing all of these things. I pull my phone out and I've got five numbers, and I'm thinking, who do I need to call? No one, because everyone's got the plan for today. And yeah. so all I start thinking about is what I need to do. Yeah. See, that's the focus, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So you're it's... not going to Instagram your whole trip? <laughs> Come on, Andrew, keep with the times. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But, oh. but is 
your mind go then? Like, you know, you're working, I don't know how many horses a day, but you've got about, say, 10 in your stable. I don't know how many ride you're doing. But then you go to a game, so you've got a horse. What do you, yeah. do you just get a bit like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> I then start to think about, and not overthink it, but I then start to think about feelings of, like, what did I have yesterday? And, and what do I want to focus on today? What What's the goal term today? Yeah. And so you start to think about it step by step. By step and or <clears throat> I'm, I'm very much a visual person. Okay. And so, yeah. <clears throat> and so like when I was at school, <laughs> I used to always sit by the window because oh, I could really? always look out the window and see what was happening outside. Um, Andrew, and, pay attention. <laughs> and then, then with different teachers, I'd sit in different areas of the class. Like some teachers that I knew that I was could really get the the focus of the teacher. I would sit right at the front, and so like, a nightmare. <laughs> I was, it was just all a bit of a game for me. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I just, I, I, I like to be with, with people, but not a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way, but I really like to have a dinner party where there's four six people where you can all be part of a yes. conversation as opposed to going to a nightclub and dancing with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's brilliant. But, yeah, I get But that also probably leads to more chance to be creative and everything and to really focus and to come up with creative ideas or solutions and things because you yeah. give yourself the time. Yeah. Maybe. And, and, and I always, like, I have like members of staff here and I talk to them about some things and I ask them if they can do something. Oh, well, I don't know if I can do that. I said, I say to them, I don't want to hear the nine reasons why you can't do something. I just want to hear the one reason how this can, this, this can, can happen. This can work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's all about making something work. And it's, it's like what you were just saying when we, when we started, it's uh, being in front of people is so much nicer, but yeah. For me, talking with you and seeing your facial expression, albeit via Zoom and your yeah. body language and so on, this for me is way better than just a telephone conversation. I know, right? Nonverbal communication. There's a lot. I can't remember the percentage. There's like this massive percentage that we don't even realize we're conveying nonverbal. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole different story. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, like um, what I guess these Olympics has been crazy preparation for everyone. Do you think the extra year has been beneficial or a hindrance for you, for you personally and your, and your horse? For, for me, for me, better. Better. Okay. And, yeah, because it's, it's given me the opportunity to focus on certain areas of the training and the development of, of Basili. And so it's definitely been been better. And um, the fact that I'm a year older, I don't even take that into consideration. <laughs> As it was said on German television the other day when I was riding around the competition at Le Moulin, uh, the, 
the presenter was saying 60 is the new 20. So. It's true, right? But it comes yeah. with so much more wisdom, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, um, and I've, got, I've got greater knowledge. And so the important thing is that mm. I just stay very sharp here and, and physically healthy as well. So what do you, what do, you do for, for brain and, and, and body, like f- physical? Do you just get up? Drink a beer and a pack my, of crisps. My, 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 children, my children keep me mentally yeah, sharp. Yeah, bad. Yeah, actually, that's a good plan. Keep you young. Have kids a bit later, right? Oh, <laughs> Do you well, get sleep, say, though? Sorry? Do you get sleep, though? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it's, look, it, it, having children definitely comes with its challenges, but I would never have it any other way now. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And the, the thing was, last night I was giving my daughter a bath and she, I, I said, we have to wash your hair because the, tomorrow you have ballet um, ballet exam, so you have to have your hair oh, yeah. really nice. And uh, and she said, I don't want my hair washed anyway. This was the biggest meltdown that's oh, possible. I love of, it. Of a, th- of a three-year-old. Yes, very <laughs> and important. And I said, well, there's some things in life that you just have to do when you don't want to have them done. And I said, girls always love to have really nice hair, really soft hair, and really clean hair. <laughs> and then this morning, um, she came in to um, the, the bathroom and I was getting ready. And I said, is your head, how does your hair feel today? And she said, oh, daddy, it's really good. And, and I said, it was nice to wash, it wasn't. She said, yes, it was. And she said, but daddy, you don't have to wash your hair because you don't have hair. Yeah, <laughs> keeping it real, <laughs> keeping it real. I'm not going to lie to you and make you feel better about yourself. Aren't they? <laughs> That's the <Yeah>. honesty. <laughs> but, um, yeah, short-term sacrifices for long-term goals. She's learning her lessons, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. That's great. But, um, uh, yeah, so the the kids keep you sharp mentally and physically. Yeah. Are you just riding all day? Are you doing other work or? Riding all day. And also I'm, I'm conscious of, of what I eat um, yeah. and, and just working. Yet I have to say I've in a way been mentally and physically exhausted recently and so I've taken – this time to just take a little bit of a break just really when i say a break i mean a break of working all of the horses to just really focusing on vasili um spending time a a little bit more time with the children because um steffi's away she's in in germany so i've had to spend more time with them and like i i finish it 5.30 5.30 in the evening at the stables to make, or between 5 and 5.30 to make sure Philip is with me that she's home in time to have dinner yeah. and, and and do things like that. And so it's a little bit like a vacation just before um, I really have to, have to focus. And when I go into the training camp, there's going to be just one horse to work. And so it's yeah. going to be important that I just not over think things because that's yeah. something that I'm guilty of doing and I think many achievers are yeah. guilty of overthinking and um, and that's where it's it's just really good to have this is where the good people around you mm. 
just help you. But they also need to understand your personality. Yeah, okay. Yes. Because we've got three members to the team and we're all totally different personalities. Yeah. And so and it's it's not about us having to eat together, travel together, sleep together like well, maybe not sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Do fun. tell Andrew. Is there something we need to know? <laughs> uh, um, so it's yeah. So you haven't got to be in everyone's pocket, but you've just got to know what brings the best out of the other people as well. Yeah, and kind of respect how they're doing their thing. But that's yeah. I reckon that would be one of the hardest parts of it is to to mentally keep yourself occupied in those times. I I. And I, I would go a bit nuts. I like to be busy all the time. You know, I like to be distracted all the time. I'm like, shy, you know, but yeah. And like, if if you're not busy, you think, what's wrong? Why am I? Why am I not busy? Yeah, should be and, doing something. Something needs to be yeah, done. And, and I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same as that. But um, I think that you you can then start to think. All right, well, look, this is this is the plan. This is the process yeah. of what we need to do. And it just gives me the ability to go through and tick the boxes to make sure that things are, yeah. things are done. Yeah. yeah. And so when do you go into the training camp? What's the, what's the schedule from now? Like how, what do yeah. you guys? Um, we go into the PEQ or the, the bubble on the night of the 10th mm-hmm. and it starts on the 11th. Of, um, okay. Are you doing it in the UK uh, or Aachen with everyone else or? No, going into the into the UK, um, um, south of here, where Christopher Burton is, which is in Dorset, mm-hmm. his um, his sponsor has built oh. the most unbelievable facility. Wow! <laughs> you must be feeling pretty good after Le Moulin, though. Like, yeah. what a great way to go into it all, huh? Like the dressage. Yeah. I think Le Moulin for me was a very good barometer. Mm. Because if I, I I wanted to go there, and the, there were many difficulties in going there, because just before I was about to leave, to or just in the preparation stage, Germany shut the borders to the United Kingdom because of COVID, and mm. so anyone going into Germany need to be outside of the United Kingdom for ten days prior to entering Germany. So we had to literally pack everything oh up my gosh. and go to Belgium. I spent that time Training. with Nelson Pessoa and also Dolph Keller, my dressage coach. He came from Germany to Belgium to um, work with me. And so it was, it was a, in a way, a very good pre-Olympic campaign mm. Because that's also what I'm doing. I'm now going to go into a bubble for 10 days. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And and so it gave me the opportunity to focus on what was needed. Then when I went into competition, there were some very big players there, such as uh, Michaela Jong, Sandra Alphard, the German team, the entire German team, were yeah. there because this was their final selection event. And so I knew that it was going to be very strong. And for me, it's important not to run away from those things. And that's why I moved from Australia in 93, or, yeah, beginning of 93, to go to the United Kingdom because the United Kingdom was the hub 
and the base of the, the sport. Mm. And so I thought if I want to be good, I need to go and base myself with where the good ones are because you just always learn from from watching as well as oh, hearing. for sure. And if you're visual, <laughs> yeah. you got to watch them. And, yeah. and so that was, that was something that was important to me. Then when I, when I rode in Le Moulin, my dressage test was... It was very good. Mm. It was a personal best for the horse. There are little things that I can improve on that, and I've wanted, I still want to improve on that before Tokyo, which I believe is quite achievable. Um, his ride, my ride cross country, I was so far ahead of time that I had to slow down in the last minute. Wow. And, uh, and everyone was really chasing to try and get the time. Wow. And, wow. And, and that's where, like, Vasily is just an exceptional horse. But it's, for sure, the horse didn't do it alone, but I'd just really been able to focus on the lines that I needed to yeah, ride okay. and the speed that I needed to ride. And and there, there wasn't there wasn't one bad, bad jump. And um, this is something that was very, very good. And um, then his show jumping round was just exceptional as well. And that's something that Vasily de Lassos is, is an exceptional horse in the fact that since, since he started his international career, he's got a total of seven seconds outside the time. Oh. And a total of two rails down in the show jumping. Are you serious? Yeah. That's nuts. He's, he's, yeah. he's like... Unbelievable. Yeah, like this is, I've had some very, very good horses in my career, throughout my career, and like a horse like Darian Powers that have, uh, he won two gold medals or as mm. part of teams that won two gold medals. Mm. Another horse called Swizzle In that I won silver on in Sydney. Both exceptional horses, both totally different horses. And I am the only one that rides Vasily. I don't allow anyone else to, okay. to sit on him. And I think that we have just developed this wonderful, wonderful partnership because it's like any relationship. You have to spend time and you with that person or that um, mm. that animal, and you have to respect the the person or the animal, or the the other partner to the relationship. And it's it's all about respect, but it's all about I'm I've got to be the leader. Yeah. And so I've got to I've got to lead the program, maybe with the horses, not necessarily my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Say the right thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and then with that, um, the <clears throat> I've got a great saying that was given to me by one of the leading dressage judges in the world. She's been an Olympic dressage judge. She said, Andrew, what goes on in the brain goes down the range. Mm, nice, like it. Yeah. That's very good. And it's, it's like we can all hide our our feelings. Yeah. Visual feelings with, with people. But when it comes to touch, you can't you hide can't. the touch feeling. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Do you think your, um, as, you know, eventing's evolved over the years you've been doing it, do you think your the type of horse you, you, you preference now, you, you prefer now, is has changed a lot. It's probably had to. It, 
if if I go back to when I rode internationally at the in seventy eight to where we are today in twenty twenty one, totally different. There's been an enormous an enormous change. Yeah, the horses. <clears throat> but I've always <clears throat> pardon me. I've always said this: the horses. I never like the horse that have a high pain tolerance. Okay. I always like horses that have a low pain tolerance because a low pain tolerance means that they're very sensitive. They're <clears throat> it's like I drive a car every day. I've done some motor racing. But if I was to sit in a Formula One car, I would not be able to get it off the start grid because of the sensitivity yeah. that is needed. Yeah. And you talk to the Formula One drivers and, like, this is just another day at the office for them. Yeah. And so, and sure, they, there's technical skills that they need, but it's it's not a disaster. It's, it's not a really big thing for them because mm. they train for it. Mm. And it's like what I'm doing. I'm continually, because I've continually worked at this level, and people say, oh, your sport can be so dangerous. I say, no, well, sure, it can, in the wrong hands. Yeah. But I said, this is my day job. Yeah. And so, and I train at this level. I'm not going to do something that I'm not capable of doing. Yeah. You're not training here and competing here. You're you're training up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, what are your plans? You know, it's going to be, it's going to be <laughs> interesting. I guess the whole thing. I mean, I was supposed to go to the Olympics, and it was just all too hard. I just thought I can't. I just can't. Like you know, I can't be. I can't. I don't even know if I can get back into Australia. But um, how are you coping? You know, how how are you preparing them with the heat? I mean, he's a hot hotbred horse anyway, so he's probably cool with that. But how long are you going to be in Tokyo for? Do you know? Well, you know. Uh, yes, the, we arrived on the. Um, we're arriving on the twenty first. Mm-hmm. Competition starts on the 29th. Okay, so you got a bit of time. Yeah. Seven seven days. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and then um, it's all over by the second. You're just out of there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just extraordinary under. One month and it's all over. I know. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. But um, oh, I just, do, is it, does it get easier in that start box at the Olympics or is it the same or is it just as, I don't know. I'll let you know. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I, I, I've covered this, but it is a complete team effort. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I'm, I'm the one that actually goes there and it's, if it wasn't for the support of the owners, David and Paula Evans, yes, like <clears throat> they were going to go, they're now not going because for them, they said that they can't really contribute apart from give the horse a cat <laughs> <laughs> at the appropriate time and isn't it wonderful? And you're not but allowed to cheer anymore. <laughs> but it's, it's just an enormous um, respect um Trust um, yeah. and confidence in in me as well, and and so, but it's it's not just in me; it's about the team. Yeah, yeah. They've got they've got respect for the for the whole team of people. Hmm. Um, and when I say the team, I I mean my team to actually get me there, such as my support staff on the on the ground, and yeah. um, 
they've just got enormous um, trust in in that, and so that I that I work with on a daily basis, and so that is that's actually what makes it possible. Yeah, the support from yeah. David and Paula Evans, and and also the Australian team have just been very supportive um, and very good in the way that they've had the communication with the owners as well. And that's good. So it's it's something that is always um, equally as important as me getting onto the competition arena. Yeah, being on the competition arena. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what what other sport do you, what what do you sit and watch? What other Olympic sports do you sit and watch when you're hanging out in your room with the TV on? Oh, well, like any Olympic sport, and I think this is the same for everyone. Yeah. They they may not know anything about your sport, but because it's an Olympic Games, they will they will watch it. And you know, like the the funniest stories are for me is like if you have a gold medal or any medal. And um, I've had the medal with me before and shown it to people and they look at it and they say, oh, the first thing they say is, oh, can I hold it? Yeah. So you lift it yeah. and then, oh, well, this is really heavy. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. And you must have been fantastic on the day. Congratulations. And then the last question is, what sport do you play? Oh, really? Yes. Is that right? Because, <laughs> all right, we, we all... We all have either helmets on or yeah, yeah. on, and, and when you're in in competition, it's always normally happening so so quickly that um, people actually don't necessarily see the face of yeah, people. that's true. But especially in the equestrian industry, it's like Formula One drivers; so yeah. they're all the time covered. Yeah. Um, but uh, and so when they they then want to know what what sport you play and that's the significance of the olympic games yes that's true yeah brings it to the fore yeah 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 that's and really you cool. know that it's the best people from every country that um that are there yeah that's yeah, yeah. you're gonna be the ambassador <laughs> yes oh that's great yeah. uh, I, th- I think the thing that um we've all found difficult is um <clears throat> lack of travel oh my and god yeah. How, and it was really interesting to be in Belgium a week ago because the the country was totally opened up while we were there. Uh-huh. And the joy that you saw on people's faces that were sitting at pubs having yeah. some dinner or um, and, and in a in a nice way. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone loves this. Exactly what we said when we first started talking. It's that social contact Getting, yeah the social animals right yeah, but um how's it been like the competitions there like that's been a hard prep for you guys too you know the lack of competitions or it's on it's not on yeah no like it's <clears throat> mess with your what head I've, what i've really learned and i've learned this over the years is if something changes and you can't you you can't change it personally just make a way to make it happen yeah like, for instance, like if a competition, if like the, the travel to Germany, that changed. So what did we do? We just you went. changed. We just made it, happen. made it happen. And that's the one thing that Steffi is really good at, at doing. She's she's very good at, and uh, like Ian Chesterman said um, like 12 months ago, control the things that you can control. Yeah. 
Yeah. And don't worry about the things that you can't. And, and I think this is the thing that's really important. Yeah, especially now. Yeah. Control yeah. the controllables. <laughs> oh, I'm a control freak. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes you have to be. you got to know when to do that and when to let go. You know, yeah. sometimes it's hard to let yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've all had to let go of things in yeah. our life where we haven't wanted to let go of them. Yeah, yeah, and we're all still here. Right. Yeah. We're all still here. Like we make huge commitments and then for whatever reason you have to let go of it. Yeah. Like people have said to me, if you could do your life again, would you do anything different? I said no. Yeah. Because this has made me the person I am today. All of the experiences, whether they've been a good experience or a bad experience. Yeah, it yeah. And then with those lessons, you can pass on to others and, and especially like your kids and, and all that. And yeah, But it'll soon be, Daddy, you've got no idea. Yeah, well, this is true. And you'll be like really embarrassing and you'll be like, just leave us alone. What do you know? All that. So enjoy it now. <laughs> um, I think that's it. All right, fantastic. That's brilliant. Thank you so much and the very best of luck. It'll be awesome. We'll all be sitting here watching and cheering. And Thank you, Rebecca. Have a lovely evening and yeah, we'll speak soon. Have a great day. Thanks, Andrew. Good luck. Yeah, thanks, Rebecca. Bye-bye.